Hey guys, welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. This would be episode number 11, I believe. Bill, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. Baseball's underway. It is. It's all for real now. Uh, we already have our first injury. Uh, well, two injuries, two big, two big ones. Uh, uh, oh, we'll talk about real quick. But uh, we're going to talk about some divisional play. Some, some, my thoughts on who's going to win divisions. We're going to talk to Dave Hollins again. Uh, part of that interview, you're going to hear him talk about a very important part person in our lives. And I'll mention some, some uh, stuff for you gamblers on the way down. Um, uh, the line as far as future bets and prop bets. So let's kick it off. Uh, we talked about the NL West last week, right? Uh, yeah. Dodgers, Padres, <laughs> you know, I think that's pretty simple. Um, but I also uh, am enamored with the schedule change. I think that is going to have a dramatic impact, especially for the betters on the over-unders for wins, because now uh, the Dodgers and Padres don't have each other 18 times. And they're going to get the Royals and they're going to get the Reds and the Pirates and other teams that they might not see a little bit more. So I think that's going to be a dramatic thing. And uh, uh, I, I, and, and it has an impact on who I, I'll, I'll throw out my World Series uh, bet at the end uh, of, the, of the show today. But um, we started with the West. The Dodgers, I, you know, I love the Diamondbacks. Uh, I love their young, youthful talent. Everything would have to break perfect for them. Um, which generally over the course of 162 games in 181 days does not happen. But uh, I would be very excited if I'm a, a, a Diamondback fan about the prospects. I think you're, you possibly are going to have the rookie of the year in, in Corbin Carroll. Uh, but there's a lot of young talent. Um, and speaking of talent, one of the guys you traded away, we'll talk about him in a minute, uh, in Toronto had a, had a good opening day. But uh, we're going to scoot down to the NL Central, Bill. Um I don't know that any team, especially with this new schedule, any because the, the NL Central, I, I think, and the AL Central were divisions where the teams that won them might have looked a little bit better than they were because of the unbalanced schedule. That's not the case this year. But I do believe it's the Cardinals' division to uh, to lose. I think they're incredibly talented. I think they're they're deep, and they just seem to win. They, they produce baseball players and win. Um, the, if, I'm, if I'm looking at a... I don't know if it's a dark horse, but the Brewers would be the other team I, I might put some some futures money on as far as winning the Central. I think Craig Council is an outstanding manager. I think they have talent. I think they have, clearly have some pitching. Um, but again, I think they need some breaks. A lot of things have to go right this year. Um, uh, the NL East. Actually, I skipped the NL Central. Let's go to the NL East because that's going to be the fun one. Um, my goodness, the Mets, uh, more news on opening day for the Mets and none of it good. Uh, Justin Verlander is on the disabled list or the, I'm sorry, the injured list. Injured with, list. With the, yeah. yeah, sorry. With <laughs> a uh, canceled uh, with a um, Terry's major strain. And that is uh, a big deal. Um, he is going to be, I think, uh, first of all, let's be clear about a couple things. If he has the Terry's major strain, he's not going to be throwing moderately over the next couple days. He will be completely shut down. Um, if that is what it is, it's a very rare thing. Um, the Terry's major is something that people associate with the road hitter cup. It's actually not. It's on the outside of your lat, of your throwing arm, um, and it's a big muscle. Um but it's very rare to see that, uh, and MRIs are inexact, so I don't know. But I can tell you this: he's not throwing moderately. If there's pain in the Terry's major, and he has strained it, um, and he did say today, Kurt, that if it were the playoffs, he would throw today. Right. Which tells so, me it's not a Terry's major strain, right? right? right. This tells me he's just got some some 
discomfort uh, because the Terry's major is a, a, an, a major piece of uh, delivery with uh, any kind of force. So that's good news. I, I, I had not heard that, so I'm glad that makes me feel better. And I'm sure it makes Buck feel better too. But that division, uh, Max Freed went down opening day, uh, three and a third, I think. He, he, I think we're looking at a hamstring. They, it's hard to tell, obviously. But he couldn't push off after uh, covering first base. So he's he's down. Uh, the Phillies were battling it out. They, they got to Jacob deGrom on opening day. Uh, and I don't know how, because when I watched Jacob and then pitch. And then Aaron yeah. Nola collapsed. Yeah, yeah. And then Aaron Nola collapsed, which will lead to my potential Cy Young discussion in a minute um i have six teams is it six why why do i keep confusing i feel like everybody in the league gets qualified for the playoffs now but it's not it's it's six teams correct correct right six teams in each league i for some reason i keep thinking that that they expanded it's the nfl and half the league makes it but six teams my six teams in the nl are dodgers padres cards mets braves phillies um that, those are my six playoff teams. And my I'll, I'll skip over to my Cy Young pick in the NL. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the board. I'm on board with Zach Wheeler. Uh, his number right now is plus 1,500. I think he's going to make the starts and have the numbers to be that guy. Um, and I, I, I've loved everything about him. I think the Mets made a huge mistake letting him go because I've always thought he was a premium, premium guy. So um, over in the AL. Uh, I'm wondering how uh, – so I see benefit, right? I see benefit in the, the, the new schedule in this sense. I think the, the, the Orioles and the Diamondbacks will win more games. I, I, I would be comfortable with the overs on both of those teams simply because the, I think they're very good teams, very talented teams that are going to get to play less talented teams more often this year. Um, I don't think they're going to do it enough to be a playoff team. Uh, because I, barring in obviously everything I ca- is caveated with barring injury, which is kind of a given for any discussion. I think the I don't see surprises in the in the AL East. I see New York and Toronto both having really good seasons uh, and being representative of the playoffs there. In the Central, uh, I think you're talking about Cleveland and the White Sox. I think the White Sox are a very very good team. Um, I think I think Tito. Man- I didn't understand last year how they collapsed so much. They are so talented. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, I I was not a a La Russa guy. Uh, Haven't been. Um, uh, And last year, um, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of weird stuff that happened at the end of last year with with everything going on that wasn't baseball related. But I'm I'm with you. I, I think that they're good enough. They could be a World Series team. They really could, uh, depending on on uh, on on their pitching. But I, I got the the the, Indian, the Guardians and the White Sox, uh, and down in the um, West, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll ruffle feathers. I might get some people excited. I got Houston and I've got Anaheim as the two teams getting out of there. I think the Anaheim plays up to their potential this year. Uh, Mike Trout potentially uh, has another. Well, he's going to have another MVP-like season. I think he ends up being probably the MVP. Uh, and Otani has another year on his way to a six hundred million dollar contract next year. Um, for my AL Cy Young pick, I, I'm looking for a guy. I mean, it's hard after watching Garrett Cole strike out thirty guys in like three innings on opening day to go with anybody else. But 
Uh, I like Shane Bieber this year. I, I think that everything about him is uh, he's going to get his work. He's going to be managed properly, and I think he'll he'll put the numbers. He would be the guy I would probably uh, be comfortable him and, and obviously Garrett Cole. Like I said, he was <laughs> monster on opening day, um, and all of that. Honestly, uh, Bill, I got a Braves Blue Jays World Series. Braves Blue Jays. Braves Blue Jays. And I have uh, my prop bet of the year is I took the Blue Jays to win it all at plus 1300, which I think is a phenomenal bet. Um, yeah, so I'm going because here's the thing. You go back over the last 15 years and pick the obvious picks on opening day. It's never them. It's never the obvious opening day guys. It's it, although last year, a lot of people had the Astros. So, you know, there's that. But but it's never that never works out that way. And then, you know, I, I'm I'm hesitant about the AL East because I'm saying New York and to Toronto because they're obvious, but Baltimore uh, could shock the world and Tampa Bay could too as well. So um, not as totally confident on those picks as maybe the other ones, but that's where I'm at. Um, other things I want early impressions on the rules, right? So uh, opening day, I was blown away, Bill blown away for 15 minutes. I watched for 15 minutes. I saw five highlights of guys getting hits that would not have been hits against the shift. Five. That I'm thinking. I was thinking five every couple of days. I five and fifteen. That blew me away. But now that you think about it, it makes sense. That's going to have a dramatic impact on batting averages and scores. Uh, and it was it was a combination of things. It was a guy hitting the ball at the middle where the shortstop would have been. Uh, it was a guy hitting a ball to the left of the second baseman where the shortstop or right of second baseman where the shortstop would have been hitting a ball in the hole between first and second where the second baseman would have been in shallow right field, those things. And that that really caught me off guard. The other one was, and this is going to catch on in many ways, the stolen base. There were a couple situations where the pitcher had wasted his throws over, used them, and the runner was taking almost like a track start like a, not a normal long lead, but like almost turning to second base, like I'm getting ready to go now. And I was, and and they were, they weren't even close plays at second. And I was like, yeah, none of those plays at second base were were even close. Nope. Uh, so I think in that sense, you're going to see uh, a couple guys who are the 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 Volpe, the kid for the Yankees. Who's a runner? Who's who's fast? Yeah, I think he had a stolen base opening day. He, he did. did have a yeah. stolen base today. You're going to see his speed. You're going to see a couple other guys in the big leagues, who's stolen base. Uh, uh, Acuna for Atlanta. Um, a couple guys who are going to probably put up some some un uncomfortable numbers, which goes back to if you if you're doing your fantasy draft on opening day, and stolen bases is a category. Expect large numbers from the big guys uh, and, and some good numbers from the other guys. Um, those were the two biggest ones. And I didn't see any pitch clock things uh, at all. I think I saw one. Yeah, I didn't see any. Only so far. Um, and the other thing, I agree with you on the first point entirely, Kurt. I think contact players are going to benefit greatly for this team like Cleveland, who is a bunch of guys who sprays the ball all over the place. Yep. The singles back in baseball. Well, if you think about the reason behind the change to the lift and separate, right? It was, listen, don't hit into the shift, hit over it. And that's now changed. That's different now. Now you have four defenders in kind of proper. I mean, you're still seeing the shortstop play as far over towards second as he can, uh, which will be a semi-shift, and you still have the other way. But 
yeah, you're right. The contact guys will benefit greatly from this. And and I think you'll see increased offense. Who I mean, who are we? We're probably just dumb. And the major league owners and the Rob Manfred's the smartest guy ever. So uh, and so. and the Yankee game, they played in two thirty-three today, Kurt. Which is amazing. That is right. It's it's quicker than every game they played last year in nine innings than one game they played last right. year. Right. Opening day, by the way. Five Opening nothing. Day. Well, and then, you know, it was a it was a New York fans like the dichotomy of being a Mets and Yankees fan was on display today. First at bat, Aaron Judge goes deep. Garrett Cole strikes out fifty five guys in six innings, and the Mets put Justin Verlander on the injured list. I'm just like I, I, you know, I know Gary's listening. I feel sorry for you, Gary. I'm sorry you're a Mets fan, uh, and to all you Mets fans, to my my buddy Matt out there who's a Mets fan, it is what it is, brother. Um, but I, I said earlier, have a lot of confidence as a Mets fan. Buck Showalter's your manager, which is going to help you get through this. Um, expect Verlander if this legitimate Terry's major problem, 30 days. If it's not, and he's throwing, maybe a week, two weeks at the most. Um, and, and buckle, figure it out from there as long as they can, they can stay healthy. So, but, and, and by the way, I'm going to, to show you my book on the bottom. I had my world series prediction as Mets blue Jays and I scratched the Mets out. So that could be a huge plus for Met fans. So speaking of buddies, well, hold on. I want your world series predictions, Bill. I right, know I'm, who- I'm in the national league. I'm going to go with the Padres. Okay. I, I think the Padres are absolutely stacked. Agreed. And in the NL? AL. In the AL? Uh, I'm going to go with your Blue Jays. Okay. I I really like the Blue Jays. I love that. Yeah. And I yeah. think that lineup is tough. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 get, so I, mean, I got Padres, Blue Jays. Padres, Blue Jays, and I'm going to write that down because I'm going to hold you to it. Padres, Blue Jays. All right, and that is going to lead us to the next part. So you guys that uh, are following the show heard uh, Dave Hollins and I talk on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, it was a long interview, I, and it was one of my favorite times in, in the recent memory. Uh, we talked for a while, and in doing so, we split the interview up into a couple of parts. Uh, you're going to hear the second part of that today, and that is going to be around and centered on mostly on influential people in our baseball lives. There was one person who who touched both of us very deeply and very uh, profoundly, uh, not just in baseball, but in life. And you'll hear us talk about uh, third base coach John Vukovic uh, in this interview coming up. So stay tuned, listen, uh, hope you enjoy it. You know, you and I have talked a lot. We've For those that don't, Dave and I have stayed very close since, since he retired, uh, as pretty much all of that team has. Um, anytime that team is in the same room, it really is kind of like we were just together yesterday. Um, unfortunately we're at the age where we're starting to lose former teammates, um, which stinks, but I, and I asked you that question about the intensity, Dave, because you and I have talked a lot and, and I know for a fact, my life has changed dramatically as I've gotten older and I look back and, and I remember you, you, when you told me, and we talked about this, you, you wish you kind of had enjoyed it more. Uh, I, and I said, you know, I, I, I thought you played the way you had to play to be who you were. I, I didn't think you could be that laid back, chill guy. You didn't have that in you, number one. And it wasn't who you were. Uh, and RJ was the same way. RJ was, uh, I just tell people, he was miserable when he played. Just yeah. miserable. And I know you weren't miserable, but he looks back on it now. And he's and, and, and I look back too. I wasn't miserable. I was consumed by the game, though. 
and and I forego and forgave a lot of life uh, to be because I had to. That's what I had to do to be the player I was, and I wanted to be the best in the world. And when mm. I wasn't on Monday, I wanted to be on Tuesday. When I wasn't on Tuesday, I wanted to be on Wednesday. But uh, talk to me. Uh, I'm I'm going to mention a couple names, but but the first name that intersected with you and I that who who was probably as responsible as anybody uh, short of God and my father, uh, John Vukovic, our third base coach in Philadelphia. One of my, I, I lost my father in 1988 and I spent my career looking for father figures in baseball. And Vuk was probably one of the first and longest and to this day, father figures to me. I know you two were like family. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, like a second father, uh, a baseball father, if you want to put it that way. But uh, you you figure out what works for you as far as preparing to produce, to stay. You know, we all just want to stay. First, you want to get to the big leagues. Then you want to stay. And then you want to make an impact. Yeah. So a guy like John Vukovic, he was as old school, as you know, as they came. <laughs> you could, but you could trust him. He yes. never told you. He told no. you how it was. And he was the way he was. Uh, he would kind of let you know what was expected in Philadelphia yeah. to play in that city. And that helped, you know, helped guide us. And like, yep. you know, you were as intense on the day you were starting as I was when I was going out to play games every day. I, and I think part of that was because I think both you and I, and I recognize this as something later in my career, you and I recognized the fact we weren't getting paid to play. We we're getting paid to win. Yeah. And, 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 and that, people that don't play the game at an extreme level don't understand the difference. There's a huge difference because when I lost as a starting pitcher, the, the most miserable four days of my life was waiting for my next start. Miserable. Yeah. Because that's my job. That's all I'm paid to do. And, and I, you know, I can remember um, as an everyday watching everyday players. I mean, you had a chance to bounce back on Tuesday after an 0 for four on Monday. And, yeah. and, and Vuk was, and, and to those of you that don't know, John Vukovic played briefly in the big leagues with the Phillies. Um, he was our third base coach. He was the first guy to teach me about preparation for pitching. Uh, he, he was my guy in, in Philadelphia and he was, uh, oh, I was, I loved him. He was, he was every bit of second father to me as, as anybody ever in my life. And uh, he was very, very old school. And by that, I meant, I meant, excuse me, I meant, he expected you as a young player to keep your mouth shut. Uh, so you can imagine what a challenge it was for him and I, because <laughs> I, I, yeah, but he expected you to keep your mouth shut, earn your way. And, and it was, I was in a good way. It was a good thing. I mean, I think I, but he, like most guys like him, he, I think he went overboard every now and then. I think he knew he was going overboard. Um, but my God, he was such a, a an amazing human being. And uh, I can remember <laughs> So, so for those of you that don't understand the big league lifestyle, when, you know, on getaway day, when we're traveling um, uh, at home, you'll play the game, you'll shower, say goodbye to your family in your suit and whatever, and hop on the player's bus. And Vuk was one of the coaches that sat on the player's bus and he usually sat up front. Now, I'm not <laughs> exaggerating when I say this. In 92, we were playing an exhibition game. And we went, I want to say we, it was in double A, but, but we went to double A to play the exhibition game. And I think we lost, we lost to the double A team and <laughs> the double A team, by the way. All right. <laughs> we lost to the double A team. We're on the players bus and Tommy green chuckles 
and John Vukovic stands up. Literally, it's dark at night on the players' bus. It's dark and whatever. He stands up on the front of the bus, turns around, and goes, "Who the f- was that?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" I'm like six weeks into my career in Philadelphia. He's yeah. like, "Are you f- kidding me? We just got our f- asses handed to us by the double A fire. Are you f- kidding? Like." <laughs> and it was mouse it was drop a pin silent on the bus for the entire ride to the air Reading airport yeah. and he wasn't kidding that's right. the thing it wasn't for show john vukovic was bitter that we lost to the double a team and 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 so that i think Headley, i think it helped us uh in playing in philadelphia we had almost uh we had a a, a rabid philadelphia fan is one of our coaches yes. and so and when dave says he doesn't bull he didn't bullshit he didn't and and for me as a player the dallas greens and john bukovic of the world i always excelled playing for because i did my job i prepared and they never lied to me so when i did something stupid and and, and it trickled down and, and i think one of the things that 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 i don't know if he remembers this but it trickled down to players like Dave because in 1993, everybody remembers we were in the postseason against the Braves and the Blue Jays. And, and uh, one of the games in Atlanta, I was, I put a towel over my head when Mitch came into pitch. And then I did it, I think the next day and the national media caught on to it and they all thought it was funny. Ha ha. And it was me just going, uh, you know, it's hard to, I didn't think for a second about the ramifications or implications or what it looked like. Um, and Dave came to me in the clubhouse and he said, Hey man, you can't do that. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you're showing, you're showing up a teammate. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when he said that. And I'll never forget that conversation. I went immediately from, from that conversation over to Mitch's locker and apologized profusely. And he was like, no, don't worry about it, dude. I, I couldn't watch myself pitch either. Um, but, but that was the kind of old school thing that wouldn't happen today. Right, it, it would not happen today, and 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 may, may, and I'll tell you what though, in winning clubhouses, it does happen. Yeah, be 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 assured that today's teams, uh, the, yes, players are different, the world is different, society is different, but in winning clubhouses, those conversations still take place. They and do. Yes, they have to. They have to, and and you'll see, you'll hear. You know, I I, I always kind of chuckled about the fact that the media goes crazy when they hear about a fight in the clubhouse. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, that's weekly. That's how it works. When you put 25 alpha males in the same room from the Dominican, from the care, you know, all Caribbean islands, uh, South America can all over the world. And you put, throw them into a room. If they're not winning, people are going to get punched. That's just the way it happens. Or if they're, if they're not fighting, then they suck. Because or they, or they don't care. I mean, right. if, that's it. and that's it. Right. You care about winning, and you have the right group of guys, and there's no issues in the clubhouse. Something's wrong. Right. Wow, Kurt. That that's just stuff. As a fan, you know we we don't get to hear what goes on inside a locker room, and that was really interesting stuff. Those are the things I miss. I don't miss the game uh, as much as I love the game. Those are the things, the conversations in in the moments and the people uh, that will never, ever be replicated, uh, nor should they, but had lifelong lasting influences. And uh, Vuk certainly, certainly did. So, all right, let's close it out. Give me, you got some questions this week? I, I sure do. So it's opening day on 
is a start any different on opening day than it is on other days? If it's not, you're a liar uh, or you're not very good. Absolutely. Uh, opening day is what you think it is. You, the team picks its best pitcher to pitch. You're the team's best pitcher. You're the ace of the staff. You're getting p- to pitch opening day. Uh, I didn't pitch opening day. Follow, and the reason I didn't later in my career is because I was following – Hall of Famer Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez. I was okay with being one A. Um, opening day is different. Opening day is a postseason game. In my the stadium's full, energy is palpable, and uh, there's a playoff atmosphere to it. Um, and absolutely, it's a different day. And anybody that denies that is, is is I think is full of crap. So all of those guys, or most of them, were on the hill on Thursday. Yeah, something Ooh, like what eight me, Cy Youngs? Wasn't it like eight Cy uh, Youngs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah crazy. Eight Cy Youngs. <laughs> Give me five names, not names we've talked about, that you love to watch pitch. Um, well, Corbin Burns in Milwaukee, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of. Uh, my goodness, the, the, whoever the Braves are running out after Freed, I'm a fan of. They have so many, I think, what the kid's name, Strider. Um, Strider, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I'm not going... Uh, off the, I'm not going off the reservation in, in a sense, and off the, off the, off the, off the, the, the list. I, you know, the obvious ones: the Wheeler, Cole, Degrom. I put an asterisk by um, just because I don't think he's going to make his 30 starts. Unfortunately, I hope he does. Uh, but I'll tell you, the guy who jumped out at me, who I haven't seen in a while, and I forget how unbelievably is, is Alcantara for Florida. Oh my goodness, uh, he is somebody. Uh, wow. I mean, he is it, to me. In many ways, he's "quote unquote" old school. He's about innings and putting numbers up, and and you can't help it. But and he's he's way taller than I thought. He's a big, big boy. Um, Scherzer looked mid-season form. Um, uh, Nola didn't. Uh, you can't do that. You can't you can't cough up a four nothing lead, especially when your team gets four runs off Jacob Degrom. Uh, just can't do it. Um, but I think Wheeler's going to be the ace of that step anyway, and Nola's still going to get paid because I think he's a really good pitcher. But um, I, I, I'm looking for um, for the Diamondbacks. You know, there's a couple of young pitchers on the Diamondbacks roster, but for the Diamondbacks and Orioles to be what I think they might be, they're going to need pitching. They're going to need starting pitching. And uh, the young kid Rodriguez, I think it is, for Baltimore. He uh, yeah, yeah, he's starting in the minors. Yeah, I think he's going to be – in the big league soon, and I think he's going to have a profound impact if the Orioles are going to be what I think they're going to be. Um, and then the Diamondbacks, too. The Diamondbacks need um, to get uh, – I, I got to tell you, there's is it Zach Gallen, I think his name is? Zach uh, Gallen. Yeah, people he's, – he's a sleeper. Oh, Cy Young, some my people goodness. Are saying. What, a, what an arm. He, unfortunately, he's got Arias with the Dodgers uh, in that matchup today. <laughs> Uh, both those guys are phenoms, and that's those are. I had three pitching matchups to watch today: Nola Degrom, Scherzer, Alcantara, and, and uh, uh, Gallon versus Arias. With obviously I had Otani, Cole, uh, Bieber uh, mentioned uh, as guys I wanted to watch. But that's what I do. That's my watching. My watching is based around can I watch a power guy pitch? And and those games are all yeses. Uh, we got a great question here, and I want to end it on this, but. A lot of people love to hear inside baseball stuff. And and one of our viewers wanted to know, what is the relationship like between a pitcher and a catcher? As varied as the catchers themselves and as varied as the people. Um, I can remember I lockered next to Jason Veritek uh, and we talked every day 
about game planning and strategy. Um, I played with Benito Santiago, and I probably didn't say two words to him between starts when he caught me. Uh, didn't have to. Uh, I called my game, and Benito threw anybody out that ran. It, it's very personal dependent. Doug Mirabelli, who caught me a couple times and caught me more, actually, than a couple times in Boston, uh, we had a great relationship. It was more off the field than on the field. Um, and we're to this day, we're still very dear friends. Um, but it, Damian Miller, one of my favorite people in the world, funniest guy, one of the funniest guys I've ever known. Uh, we had, I had a great relationship with all my catchers. I didn't have a bad one. Uh, I really didn't. I had, I, cause I had good catchers for the most part. Uh, and the young catchers that, that weren't able to keep up, I didn't throw to them more than once. Um, and, and, you know, if they didn't want help, then they didn't, I didn't pursue it and I didn't, they didn't catch me. Um, but I had Mike Lieberthal. I actually had Craig Biggio, uh, in 1991 before he moved out from behind the plate. Um, I don't want to forget anybody cause these guys were like the most, Darren Dalton, obviously you heard, you're, you're going to hear, uh, next week, uh, the, in that Hollins interview, ta- us talk about Dutch, um, I had, and then Veritech Mirabel, like I said, and uh, a lot of young guys, Chad Moeller, uh, Rod Barajas, um, all of Kelly Stinnett, um, gosh dang it, I don't want to forget anybody, Gary Bennett, um, Todd Pratt, who's one of my dearest friends in life. Um, I had a lot of really, really good catchers. Uh, and I had guy. I my catcher was invested in my. I, I made my catcher understand how involved they were in my games. I relied on my catcher to, for for his relationship with the umpire during the game to manage that, so I didn't have to. Um, I had some good, really good ones in the minor leagues. A kid named Tim McGee, who was a little older than I was, in the minor leagues, um, was he educated me a little bit. He was he was in in a ball, a little older guy in a ball, but he was a a, a more mature kind of guy that that helped uh, catch and helped me develop as a pitcher. Um, but I had some, I had some great ones and I was blessed with some good. I actually had Bob Melvin when I was in Boston, Mickey Tettleton, Chris Hoyles. Uh, but Bob Melvin was the first guy I ever saw bring a briefcase to the ballpark. That's how I knew he was going to be a manager, but, uh, I was blessed. I was blessed with a lot of good ones. Well, when we come back next week, we're going to have a full series in the books. And we're going to talk about what we see in the first week. Yep. So, and hopefully, we'll no more injuries. Week. 